The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What up, Grizz Nation? You're tuned in to the Hoop Ball Grizz Podcast. Isaac Simpson with you. You can find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore Rivals. That's I-S-A-A-C underscore Rivals. With me is my partner in crime, my co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, David Williams. You can find him on Twitter at dwill2111. David, how are you this evening? Man, I think you're giving me too much credit with the man, the myth, the legend <laughs> there, but... Hey, man. <laughs> I, I am in shock, man. I'm in shock. That's a woge bomb today. Just completely changed the trajectory of my day, man. I was not expecting this at all. Yeah, man, definitely. But we, tonight we also have a special guest with us um, from Flyer Grizzbog, the Memphis Flyer. Uh, you can find her on Twitter at Hoop City Hellcat, man. Great work, man. Make sure you check out her stuff. Go give her a follow. She's joining us tonight. Amy Stagmeyer. Amy, how are you tonight? I am also very surprised at the uh, the events of today. I was really not expecting that to come up on the come yeah, up man. Today. It, yeah, it was it was surprising. Like when when I got the when I I was on Twitter, like scrolling through Twitter, I was in the middle of the uh, Corey Kispert. Uh, they were doing a pre-draft uh, interviews today, and I was in the middle of the Corey Kispert uh, media presser, um, and the sort of notification come up on Twitter, and I'm like, I had to look at it because like they'll get you like these fake. Woj account, I had to like stare at it for a couple of minutes to make sure it wasn't a fake Woj account because I saw JV come up. I was like, there's no way they're trading Jonas. And, man, it was for real, man. The deal is uh, Jonas Valanciunas, the 10th pick, the 51st pick to New Orleans for Stephen Adams, Eric Bledsoe, the 10th pick and the 40th pick. And also, Greens pick up another first-round pick for next year, likely giving them three first-round picks in the 22 draft. They're going to get that Lakers pick, top 10 protected. So they'll likely have three picks uh, in the first round next year. Now I expect them to probably try to move up. If they're trying to move up, I think they might move one of those picks during this draft, see how that works out. But a lot of other stuff has come out behind that. Uh, a couple other notes, Chris Haynes, senior NBA insider from Yahoo sports reports that Eric Bledsoe is not expected to stay in Memphis. So I think he's going to be moving on. They probably use him in another trade. I don't think they'll just buy him out. Uh, Jonathan Wasserman from, from Bleacher report said that Josh Giddy uh, is the guy that they're looking at at 10 and, and the reason why they moved up. Kevin O'Connor uh, of of the Riga reports that Grizz are interested in moving up, possibly even higher than 10 with James Booknight of UConn and G League at night, Jonathan Kamiga being a target. So a lot of a lot of stuff going on, man, a lot to unpack here. Um, and I know Amy has some thoughts on this trade. Uh, I think we're all – not not too happy that JV's on a move. I think David might not be as upset about it as being Amy are, but I want to get Amy's thoughts on, on this trade. What, what do you think about it? Um, okay, so short term, I really feel like this is going to hurt them this upcoming season. Um, I think anybody who, who says otherwise is really under underestimating the impact that Jonas had on this team. Um, we don't have anybody that can get rebounds like him. And not just that, but I mean, you could run your offense through him. You know, if you needed a bucket, he'll get you a bucket. You needed a double-double, he'll give you a double-double. I mean, he's not Zach Randolph, but he is. He's, he, he's a good big man. And I, I appreciate that. And I realize that he might not have been a part of their long-term plan. But I don't know... I guess I'll have to wait and see how the rest of this trade shakes out. But right now, if you told me that I had to pick between Steven Adams and Jonas Valanciunas, I would pick Jonas all day, every day. And that's not even me being petty. That's JV does everything better than Steven Adams. Everything. And that's not to say Steven Adams isn't a, you know, a, a decent basketball player. That's not, you know, but y'all, y'all know how I feel about free throws. And guys that can't make free throws. And then I looked at what Steven Adams' free throw percentage was. And then I threw no. my phone. That, don't, yeah, look not good. Don't, four, don't look at that. Yeah, not good. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I I feel like that there's going to be a big Lithuanian-shaped hole in the scheme. <laughs> um, I mean, it... On one hand, I could see if if there's something else that they're trying, something else that they're trying to maneuver for for long term. But 
honestly, I would have been fine if they ran it back with him. I mean, I I've, I could really take or leave Justice Winslow at this point, and if they don't, they don't, you know, give him pick up this year, I wouldn't be shocked by that. Um, I like I said, it doesn't. I don't really care one way or the other about him. Um, however, I do feel like trading away one of the players who had the biggest impact on your team really kind of puts you at a disadvantage. And I know that we're still supposed to be patient and we're still only, you know, heading into like year three of a complete rebuild. And maybe last year was a little bit of a fluke, but let's be honest, y'all, y'all going to taste the playoffs. Y'all, y'all remember what it was like and you don't want to go back. Those guys don't want to go back. So making them worse this year, um, you know, heading into this season, I, I, I feel like that's not that's not the move. You know, it's 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 really not. And I get that maybe you might not want him for you know the rest of his career, but I mean, JD gave you a lot, and you know he he, he did the majority of our rebounding. He could get some points. He's, I mean, he's just a, an overall good player that I feel like sacrificing that right now. And unless they, unless they come up with, with something a lot better than Steven Adams, then I, I'm, I'm really not going to be impressed with this trade at all. And I'm probably going to be mad until, I don't know, at least until the season starts. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to wait to get my thoughts on the back end. Dave, David, what do you think? Yeah, so I, I agree with a lot of Amy's points. There, there's definitely going to be a huge hole. Um, I'm not as down on this trade as you guys are because, to me, this is a, a championship trade, right? So the goal of this front office, the goal of any team, it would be to win a championship. And because of JV's age, he's not going to be in his prime whenever the Grizzlies hit their championship window so you make moves like this that are going to hurt on the front end. And it is, you're, you're going to miss him. You know, the, the one thing that I would say, Steven, Steven Adams, I think is a little bit more versatile on the defensive end, but offensively it's not even close. And, you know, rebounding JV is definitely a better rebounder. Steven Adams is no slouch, but what Adams is going to give you on the defensive end is not going to make up for what you're losing on the offensive end with JV. And, you know, the, the value of him getting the defensive rebounds of stopping the second chance points does get undervalued a ton. So for me, I like the trade because I think it's a big picture trade in the short term. I, I think that the Grizzlies are going to see this put a dent in their record next year. I think they're still going to be competitive because John Moran is the leader of this team and he does not have tank in his vocabulary. I don't think that they could ever do anything to convince him to do anything other than trying to win. Um, so I, I still think they will be competitive even with Adams. But to be honest with you, you know, the, the reports right now are the Grizzlies are not done making moves. Who knows that we even see either one of these guys in a Grizzlies uniform whenever it comes to next season. I think it's more likely that we see Adams. I think that he is a Grizzly next year. But there is a chance. There's an outside chance that you don't see either one of these guys next season. That's a good point. Um, and I feel like, yeah, you, you did hit on something there with, with JV's age um, and him not being at his prime when they hit their peak window. Um, and, and, and that is something to overcome. Whether or not I feel like this was the thing to do it now, I don't, but I will say that I'm willing to, I'm willing to entertain that I am not right on this. I'm willing to see how it shakes out. And if I'm wrong, I will admit being wrong. But I do think that if just as it stands right now, if we, if we think, okay, they're going to get rid of Bledsoe, they'll probably keep Steven Adams. If, if you just look at it for player for player, it is going to hurt their record. Sure. With, yeah, yeah. With him, yeah. With him to pick up. And, and Jaron, love him as I do, is he's not as good on the rebound. He's just not. And I think people really underestimate what that gives this team, especially when even even the new look, the, the, the Grizz Next Gen, are still 
hanging their hat on their defense in a big way. So yeah. I think if you go back to um I think it was the first Denver game in that big road trip that the Grizzlies made second half of the season. And you look at the second chance points that uh, that the Nuggets got in that game. It, it just, those type of points don't happen when JV is on the floor because he's just a brute. He gets in there and like you're, he's a wall. You're not pushing him around. He's going to get that rebound. And the Grizzlies are you. Defense is important, but getting a rebound on the defensive end is almost as important. So while JV is not a He's a good team defender. He's not a good overall defender. Like a one-on-one defender, JV is not good, but he's a good team defender, and his defensive rebounding has a huge impact on this team. And and that is, I 100% agree that that that's gonna you're gonna see that in, in the record if if they don't, um, I, you know, moving up to ten is huge. Like you're you're getting into another tier of talent from the, these draft guys. But in the in the short term for next season, this is definitely going to be a, a huge hole to fill. Yeah, it, this is where I, I'm at on it. Uh, like like you both have said, it's definitely short term wise. This is going to hurt. I mean, Adams, like you said, is not a terrible rebounder. I mean, eight point nine a game. I mean, he's not a slouch on the boards, but he's not Jonas Valanciunas uh, on the boards. But I think you have to go back to this front office's vision. Uh, when in the post game, not the post game, post season wrap up press conference, King Kleiman said, call him by his name, King Kleiman said mm-hmm. that the road to finish a rebuild is not always linear. Um, and I think this trade right here shows that they're a, they're a man of, he's a man of his word. I mean, I, I don't think this front office honestly cares one way or another how many games they win or how many games they lose. I don't think they're looking at it in that way, no matter how many games they win and how many games they lose, they're going to stick to their vision. And I think that's what we're seeing here. I think you're making a move where you're going to take one step back, hopefully to take two steps forward. And I think that's what we're seeing here. Um, but, I mean, for the positives for the trade, I mean, you're moving up two spots in, in the first and I mean, moving up significantly in the first and second round. You're moving up from 17 to 10, which gets you in a different tier of players, David said, and also from 51 to 40 in the second round while also picking up a top 10 protected pick, which that pick is going to convey. Um, it's a Lakers pick. They're not going to be in a lottery. So you got to get that pick next year. Grizz is going to be have three first-round picks in the 2022 draft. And, I mean, that's the price of doing business. I mean, when you can load up on draft picks, we've seen what how this team has operated in the past where they don't have any money, don't have any draft picks. It's hard to make moves, especially in the modern NBA, without that draft capital. And they're loading up. On that, and and you got to look a couple of years down the line. You'll probably look back at this, and you can say, "Well, I understand why they did this," because honestly, JV was going to be a free agent at the end of this upcoming season, and I doubt that they plan on resigning them. I think for sure this move right here shows that they they weren't bringing them back. So you, you just kind of look at it in that vein. Um, we'll see what happens with Eric Bledsoe. What he'll be able to to, to get you in a return. I, I'm thinking, um, as we were talking before we came on here, I think the Lakers are a team where I would watch for for him. I think that's kind of a match there. I think some other people have speculated that that's the first team that kind of came to my mind when I saw that they, they were going to be moving on. So I think you watch that and, and who knows? I mean, I think this team, me and David were, were talking about how they could just run it back possibly. And, and I think this move right here shows that they're open for business. And I think we could see all kinds of stuff. Like we talked about this pick at 40 and we're going to be talking about some prospects there later on in the podcast. I don't even know if they stay at 40. I can, I think there's a scenario where, they move back in the first round because it seems like they're being ultra aggressive. And that's not something that I really expected. I mean, we heard the deal with, without Adams, without Jonas, we thought it would just be Bledsoe and 10 for the 17 and it ended up being expanded. So I think they're open for business and ready to do some things. And I think the front office is, I mean, not the front office, but the fan base is just going to have to be patient. And they not lied. I mean, they've said this whole time that this is a rebuild that they're not, concerned about winning the losses. I mean, they pretty much said that out loud. And this right here just shows what that they're, again, trying to look at the long term instead of the short term. But short term wise, this move definitely hurts. And just I, I'm just a big fan of JV. Uh, not even just basically play on the floor, but just the identity that he brings. I like him as a guy. I mean, if you kind of listen to some of the things that he's said, I kind of read some tea leaves that when he first got traded here for Toronto, I don't think he was necessarily all in on it. But 
as a lot of people have, once you get here, Memphis is a place where you fall in love with it. And I think he really fell in love with the city, the, the culture of this team. And I think they're just going to miss him in that locker room. I think he's a guy that, that the collection of guys and one of those main guys that kind of make the culture of this, of this team and losing him. I think that's something important too, other than what he did on the floor. I think the guys are going to miss him. And I think he's going to be a, a big piece missing from this roster going forward. And I don't know if Steven Adams is a guy that can come in and replace that. Definitely can't replace it on the floor. And I, I definitely don't think he can replace it in the locker room. Those are really good points. And I, what you said about them loading up with draft picks, I, I will say that I, I, we're going to give King Clement his flowers here because he, he, he has drafted well. Like he, he has earned my benefit of the doubt in what he will do with these draft picks because I know y'all remember it wasn't too long ago that traffic <laughs> just, just y'all, y'all, y'all know, I don't even need to say yeah. it. Yeah, she, just miss after miss, miss after miss. <laughs> yes. And now that they've actually started drafting good players and like really players that hadn't really been on anybody's radar, you know, Desmond Bain was like that. Brandon Clark is like that. And I know, you know, they're both big favorites of draft Twitter, and I'm a huge Brandon Clark fan. I have not sold any of my stock, and I feel like if he's 100% healthy this year, then we're going to see him play more like he did his rookie season. But, yeah, it's it's definitely going to be a – you might want to have to wait to see the bigger picture. And and overall, I, I, I want to see them win a championship more than I want to see them get bounced out in the first round every year. Because, I mean, that's no fun either. But I'm not sure if I feel like this was the way to do it. And you're right. They probably weren't going to gonna extend Jonas after this year. But I am a big fan of, like you said, everything he brought to the team. What he, what he did on the floor, what he did off the floor, his presence in the locker room. And he just really, he got what we were about here. Exactly. For sure. And that's not something that everybody does. Yeah, it's definitely gonna be interesting, man. It's it's a loss, man. I I don't know, man. First time I see him in a Pelicans jersey, man. It's oh man, it's gonna be tough, man. I I, I out of all the teams, man, the, the Pelicans yeah. definitely didn't want to see him going there. Yeah, I said the exact same thing after I I read all of the deets. I was like, Lord, of all the teams, we had to make better. We had to be it had to be Pelicans. Um, and I honestly, I think he might work well with their roster. I mean, he he's a He's a very versatile player in that in that respect, in that he can he can do what he does, and that can work in a lot of different lot of different team play. Um, so I mean it it's probably good for him, you know. Um, I don't like it for us. <laughs> I don't like it one little bit for us, and I will probably, as we see what they do with these draft picks and kind of how the rest of this trade shakes out. I, I may like it more, and I, I'm not unwilling to say that this is probably this is definitely a a long term move versus a short term move. Whether or not I think it'll be, I guess, pertinent to what we do long term is we're going to have to see. But if, if you just look at it for what it's going to be next season, no, I don't think they won that trade. I don't think they won that trade at all. But if you look at it from a longer term perspective there's still an opportunity for them to come out on top on that. Yeah, in, in a vacuum, it's definitely, you don't look at this and say, y'all, the Grizzlies won this trade. I mean, today, I mean, you, Jonas Valanciunas is a better player than Stephen Adams. I mean, it's just not. Yeah, he, not he's the best question. player in the trade. Yeah, he's sure. the best player in the trade. And and like Amy said, I mean, I just felt like he got it. He was one of us. Like a lot of guys you trade, and they come into the city and they rent houses. Jonas and his wife bought a house here. Um, they, I mean, he felt like a miffy like he, fit with with this team and again man i just hate to hate to see him go because i was a big fan of his and just the thought of him being on this team i, I just liked it and it, it just goes beyond what he did on the floor so he's definitely going to be definitely going to be missed there yeah you know so my my previous co-host and i like he, he was a massive jv fan and even before jv came to memphis he liked jv so in the first season that Jonas was a Grizzly, 
we uh i say we he done he done all the work but he, he designed <laughs> a, a welcome to lithuania sign that had a you know massive <laughs> wow. picture like it was it was huge i think it was like 24 by 36 and um, <laughs> we, you know we brought it to the game with us and when they were out there with warm-ups uh, he, he was standing up holding that sign and just and JV is great with the fans. You don't always get that. You know, a lot of the Grizzlies are really good with the fans. You don't always get the interactions that you get from him. But um, one, of, one of the – when we had that sign, we took it down there the next game after the first game that we brought to the, the next thing we brought it, we took it down there for him to sign it. And Sam had a jersey that he wanted JV to sign. And the marker that we had didn't work on the jersey. And JV is like, hey, get a marker that works, and I'll come back and sign it for you. So we didn't have a marker. I run, and I'm fat and out of shape. By the time I get to the gift shop and back down there to the bottom of 118, I'm about to die. And at this time, a lot more people were on the rail. JV made it a point to go back to Sam to sign that jersey. You know, they're when he first came out, there wasn't many people down there. And then when he finished warming up, it went from like five or six people in a rail to like 40. And he's, you know, he's signing a lot of autographs, but he made it a point to get back to Sam. And, you know, sometimes you just don't get that. So even like off of the court, outside of the court, I, I liked him as a person, you know, just the, the interactions that I had with him. Yeah. And it, this is totally unrelated, but a, a similar situation to that. This was years ago now. Um, Zach Randolph had a similar situation where that's back when they were having these practices like a different place around the city. I think they had one at Bartlett High School, East High School, MUS, and, and I went over to this practice and I had a jersey and like all these people, we were like standing outside waiting for the guys to get there um, and, and to get to the school and they were signing autographs and like when he got to me, the security guard like shut it down. It was like, these, they, you can't be signing autographs, whatever, and Zach like took my jersey and like went in the building with it. I'm like, what's going on? And he get like, like later on, he brought it back out to me, autographed it. And I just thought that was really cool uh, that, that he did that. Cause he could have just handed it back to me. I saw some of the other players and that's kind of what they did. They just handed it back to him when the security said they couldn't do it anymore. So again, I mean, he's just another guy that you see that, that really gets it, interact with the fans. I mean, JV's great with the media. Uh, I always remember the jean jacket moment uh, in, in the playoffs. And I mean that, yeah, I mean, just a, just seems like a really good dude, man. I hate to, Hate to see him leave, man. You get attached to these guys, especially being in the media and covering the team. So, again, man, uh, seeing him in that Pelicans uniform is going to be tough. But, I mean, even with the Pelicans, I wish him good luck, man, because it just seems like a, a good dude and did so much for this team. And I think he was always underrated. I don't think he ever got his flowers the way he should have. A lot of people say that uh, he didn't, didn't have a big impact on this team. Uh, got to go out with my guy Joe Bellinex. Joe Bellinex is not a fan of him at all, so I'm sure – He's not upset about this trade because he really didn't think he had a huge impact on this team. But I think we're going to kind of find out now how much of an impact we had. I think even when he was out injured, you, you saw – you talked about that game in Denver, uh, the, way, the way they got eight up on the board to that game when JV was out. You you kind of saw the impact that he had. And they were losing some games then when he came back. Uh, they, they, they kind of went on a winning streak. So he definitely had a huge impact. And I think we'll, we're going to see that a lot more with, with Steven Allen because I just don't think he can – replicate that but i mean right now i think there's still aspects of this trade that aren't answered yet i think the bledsoe things not not finished i think you could see them use that that pick that they just picked up to kind of move up they stop talking they want to move up top five top six so the jury's still out on this one but i think today i feel like the pelicans had a better deal they clear cap space they got the best player in in the trade but long term wise i understand why they did it but any, Amy, you got any more thoughts on it? Um, well, I will say, oh my gosh, I completely just lost my train of thought. See, this is what happens. Um, <laughs> no, it's um, him on the floor. Him just as an over, just as an overall guy is. I, I think he's a good guy. He's a good player. He helped the team. And now I remember what I was going to say, which is that I consider Joe Mullinex a dear friend. <laughs> we have been doing this a long time now, but he's wrong. He's so yeah, wrong. Same. <laughs> he's wrong. And and Joe and I have had some very unpopular opinions together. So please don't <laughs> he's right, but he's not right about this. 
Well, we really appreciate you jumping on with us, man. We definitely, definitely love to have you back on, man. Before before you get out of here, let let people know where they can find you. Yeah. Um. So if you want to hit me up on Twitter, I am at Hoop City Hellcat. Um. You can read me and Sharon Brown. Um. On the Memphis Flyer yeah, website. Great on the stuff. Beyond the art column, and uh, we're we're looking forward to, to running it back next season for for us. And just you know, it's I love the team. I love the sport, and uh, obviously, I love the city. So, you know, if, if you if you want to talk about basketball, I'm your girl. So, do it. Yeah, make sure you go follow both Sharon and, and Amy, man. Great stuff. Make sure you follow. We always support uh, women in sports media here uh, with Hoop Ball Grizz. So, we definitely appreciate you jumping on. And again, man, we'd love to have you on in the future. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. You guys have a great rest of your episode, and I bet we'll uh, we'll catch up again here soon. Okay. We'll do. Sounds sure. good. Thanks, Amy. Thanks, man. Yeah, man, it's <laughs> crazy, man. I I was excited for for this thing, and now, man, it's just bloom. Like when I said the other day that the trade winds are blowing, I didn't think we were talking about hurricane, hurricane, uh, hurricane five level, uh, <laughs> category five mm-hmm. hurricane level coming coming in. This is this has been crazy, man, and and, and I didn't didn't see this one coming. And again, I don't think they're done at all. I mean, I think they're going to be some more maneuvering during the draft. Like, they're, they're aggressive, man. Talk about trying to get up 5-6. I know you yeah. like that if they grab you got bump night. Man, you already know. But, you know, a name that, that, that's that been mentioned that, uh, that that is up there that y- you have OKC at 6. You yeah. have Golden State at 7. And I know Golden State really likes bump night. They really like Moody as well. So Go- Golden State is in win-now mode, right? So, yeah. I, I like this trade with Bledsoe because he can be a salary match. While I'm not a fan of Wiggins, if they can pair Bledsoe and 10 and take on Wiggins' contract and move up to seven and get a guy like Kuminga or, or Boke Knight or Moody, whoever, X player, whoever they're targeting, you know, there's been talks about Giddy. There's been talks about Moody there, you know, talks about a a number of different guys, but from 10 to 17, you're talking about a a different level of talent, man. And and that is something, you know, with them, with the report saying they're not done yet, it has me excited as a Grizzlies fan because so many different ways this could go. I mean, you just don't, don't know. And that's what, yeah, that's what makes it exciting. what what are they gonna do? Are they you know like we know how much Sam Presti likes picks? The Grizzlies have loaded up on picks. What's it gonna take to move up to six? Because if you're the Grizzlies and Boke Knight is your guy, that's who you're targeting. You already know that that Golden State has expressed interest in him, so you don't want to stay behind them. You want to move in front of them. Presti likes those picks. Okay, we're gonna give you ten and the Utah and the Lakers pick to move up to get our guy. I, yeah, and I would be opposed to that. that. Yeah, you know, like that. That to me, that that's why this trade. If this trade in, included JV, this this, let me back up a little bit. I'm I'm tripping over words. I apologize. It's just kind of, it's tough because it is so shocking. But if this trade, just as it sets, if they don't make another move, if it is just JV seventeen and fifty one for Bloodsoe, Adams, 10, and 40. The Grizzlies can still win this trade. Like, I, I feel like they did already. I think that obviously they gave up the best player, but moving up from 17 to 10. Just all what happens with those picks. Yeah. Who, who you know, you, and, then, you and then like you say, you mentioned 40, the, the number of guys that are going to be available at 40 that are not going to be available at 51 there's a lot of talent there. There's a ton of talent. You're talking about 51. You're you're 51 compared to 40. You're talking about Isaiah Livers versus a guy like Vrenz or I, I'm you know I'm gonna mention him again because I've been talking about him this entire draft season. <laughs> no, you're talk about your guy. Man. Yeah. You know, like th- there are a number of guys that could be available at 40 that are significantly better than the guys that are gonna be available at 51. And, and that's not to say that, you know, hey, it's a guarantee that you're going to hit on your guy at 40. But that's just saying that the level of talent in this draft, there's going to be talent at 40 that are definitely guys that can make this roster. 
Yeah, and I tweeted last night. Um, there are like five guys that I think it's a win if, if you get those guys at 10. Because uh, you, you pretty much know how the top six is going to go. So when you look at the guys that are on that list, it's Moody, it's uh, Josh Giddy, it's Book Knight, uh, Franz Wagner, and Sengu. Those are the five guys for me that if they take any one of those guys at 10, I'm good with it. And you're guaranteed – two of those guys are guaranteed to be there just by yeah. sheer – numbers so i mean i they're gonna they're gonna get a player even if they stay at 10 and not able to move up they're gonna get a player i think that you're not gonna be able to get at 17 it's just a different tier of player just like you said and i so i think that in that vein it's a win because i think there's some guys that you you can't go wrong to me if you pick any of those guys i know you're not as big a fan of wagner and and i wasn't either until i watched him a little bit more i asked him today was he in, in the media availability was he really 6'11". He said almost 6'11". He said he's definitely grown some. He said like 6'10 and a half. So, I mean, you just think about that, a guy that size, the playmaking ability and ability to shoot the basketball. I mean, I could see the Grizzlies really like him. I think Chad Ford has come out and say, guys are saying different things. I think Chad Ford says Bobner is who the Grizzlies like. Wasserman is saying it's Giddy. Um, and you're saying that they want to, I think Kevin O'Connor saying they want to move up yeah. to look at Kaminga or Boke Knight. I mean, it's all, you just, just don't know. I mean, you don't know to trust, but I mean, it, it's fun that that this stuff is going going on. You know, the Grizzlies are talking because these are the main guys in the industry. This they're not just blowing smoke. The Grizzlies are being active, and I think that's going to make this thing super fun going into to Thursday night. And I was already like over the moon about it. And I'm even further than that now. I mean, this is this is fun. I mean, we have a a young it, it really young is. team you know, that's that's still growing. Yeah, and I mean, we can this thing can go a lot of different ways. We're still building and. Getting the opportunity to cover this team and, and cover this stuff is just super fun. I think this team is definitely going to be on the rise in the next several years. I mean, I think it's going to be a fun ride. And, again, sometimes you have to make moves. Just like Clyman said, he, it's not always linear. Sometimes you're going to, in a rebuild, you're going to take steps back to move step forward. I saw, I think, I can't remember who said that on Twitter right before we jumped on here, that I, I, I'm just sad that we're back in a rebuild. And I tweeted him back. I said, whispers. They never stop. They were always in, yeah, in a rebuild. Yeah. You just and if you listen I, to what they're saying, a lot of people just don't listen to what they're saying. They've always said this. I haven't always agreed with it, but they said out loud and haven't made any bones about it that they're basically everything they do is through the prism of the future. They they don't care whether they win or lose right now. They could if they end up winning the championship just organically, they would take it. If they win twenty games, I think they'll take it. They're just trying to build for the future. And I think they're sticking to their vision, and that's just what it is. And fans have got to accept that. I know they don't like this move. A, a lot of people, I know they think JV, you, you're giving up the best player in the draft, and they don't get it. But a lot of people don't. They only look at things on the surface, and you have to kind of peel peel it back a little bit and, and try to understand what's really going on. Yeah, I, I pretty well got crucified following when, when they went out against the the Jazz, when they went out in the first round. I said I mentioned that they may take a step back before they go forward and people were tearing <laughs> me apart and I'm like listen man you're th- this is not a eighth seed get bounced in the first round no it's not the best not to go that that that's not what they're looking for if that's what they're looking for you keep JV you sign yeah, him yeah you just you just because, run it back you know, like he, he, your floor is there. You know, if you have JV, your floor is there. But the problem is your ceiling is not very high. And so this may very well be, you may see them take a step back next season. Like I said earlier, I still think they're going to be competitive. Yeah, I still think yeah, they could be a yeah. playing team, 10th seed, 9th seed. I don't think they could. They, they, I mean, they could. Could they drop to 11? Possibly. But I think if they're healthy and they don't have any Dude, that, that, crazy stuff still, going down a year, I think they're still right in there. I think they can still even be higher than that, yeah. honestly. I, I mean, really I think, do. I think they're a play-in look, team for sure. Look what they've done. You know, like, they, they made the playoffs this year, missing arguably their second-best player. Yeah, almost the entire year. And, you, and yeah, you're right. And adding that back into it, hopefully Jared is Jared. I mean, that yeah. kind of negates it, what, you, what you lost with JV. We're, so we're I, talking I about – I remember in Jared's rookie season, in his first, I want to say, like, 13 games, the numbers that he was putting up – where like the 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 company that he was in, Wilt Chamberlain was a name that was mentioned in the company that he was in whenever it comes to the scoring and his defensive stats. So like, do I think that that is, you know, like Jaron's going to be an all-time great? I don't know. 
but the the skill set is there for him to be something great. Is he ever going to reach that? It, it's you know the the verdict is still out. We we don't know. We don't know if he can stay healthy long enough. We don't know what he's going to be. But this year is they're going to know by the end of this season, barring any injuries before the season, they're going to know what they're missing. And that's what I like about this. They're going after a guy that they want in the draft. They're talking about moving up for Kaminga, Boknight, any of those guys, X player, whoever you want to talk about. But next season, you're getting uh, a second year of Desmond Bain. John Morant's getting another year. Xavier Tillman getting another year. These young players that you're unsure if they are going to be a part of your core or not, you're going to know after this year. It, you know, do we need to keep DeAnthony Melton? Do the Grizzlies need to keep DeAnthony Melton or do they need to move on from him? We don't know that answer yet. And there are plenty of teams that are interested in DeAnthony Melton. Um, Tyus Jones is another guy that, you know, you may see him get moved before the draft. Kyle Anderson, there's just a ton of pieces that they can move. And we're going to know a lot more by the end of this season than what we know right now. Yeah. And there's no, no doubt about that. And again, I mean, whether fans like it or not, and I haven't always liked it, they're still evaluating and trying to decide what's best for the future. And they have to do that. I mean, cause like you said, their eight seed is not where they're trying to be. I mean, they're trying to, they have aspirations on winning the championship. I mean, we saw what Milwaukee does. You can do that in a small market if things break right for you. And this front office doesn't have any designs on we're just happy to make the playoffs if maybe we'll get lucky and make it to the second round one day. No, that's not what they're trying to do. They're trying to win a championship. And in and, and times like this in the timeline, sometimes steps back create multiple steps forward, and that's what we saw in this trade. And I, I want to go back real quick. I don't want to – I said that, that Jared could replace JV. I don't mean – rebounds or he's going to place him linearly. I mean, basically that offense that they missed when, when Jared is right, that can help kind of offset some of the things that they're losing overall with JV, not rebounds, not saying that he's going to go out there and get 12 rebounds. That's not what I meant. I just meaning adding that level of player back in, hopefully if Jared's right, will help offset some of the things that they lost with JV as a team. So uh, just for the preface that, because people will go crazy. Like, oh, you said Jared's going to replace JV. You mean he's not going to rebound, blah, blah, blah. No, it's not what I not what I meant. But uh, the, the Grizzlies move up from 51 to 40 um, in this trade. And we were going to go jump on here and talk about second-round prospects. But as David said, moving up to 40 puts them in, a, in, in another tier of player, just like we talked about from 17 to 10. Man, there's a lot of guys that could be available for them at 41. I mean, it was hard for me to come up with three. Uh, we got to do three apiece. And it was extremely hard because I'm big on a lot of guys in the late first and, and, and second round in this draft. I mean, I think this draft is extremely deep. Uh, but I want to start off with, with David, man. You go ahead and, and give your guys, and then I'll bounce off of you. So I'll be honest with you. Heading into this, um, I was reading a lot about this trade and engaging in a lot of conversation. So I didn't prepare as well as I normally do for three guys that I, that I like at 40, but all three of the guys that I do like at 40 are guys that we have talked about or covered yeah, same, on earlier same shows. Same with mine. Um, so my number one guy at 40, uh, and it's tough because when I'm going through and I, and I'm looking at these mock drafts, that guys are all over the place. Um, you know, obviously I, I mentioned Joel AI. He's a guy that, that he would be first and foremost on my board. If he's there at 40, there's nobody else that's going to be on the, on the board at 40 that I like their upside more. And, and I talked about him at length yesterday. So if you don't know much about AI and you want to, to learn about him, you can go back and listen to yesterday's episode. Um, or a, a few weeks ago, we talked about him as well, but Joel AI would be one for me. James Robinson Earl, uh, he's a, a forward, 6'8 forward out of Villanova, yeah. is another guy that has really grown on me that I would love to see them, you know, t take a, a stab at at 40. And then yeah, a couple um, of our guests definitely did a couple of our guests that we kind of asked them who are some second round guys they like, and we've heard that name a lot. Yeah. Uh, Mavs draft, one of the things that he mentioned was when you watch film on him, you don't see any like, oh my God, why is he doing that moments? Like he, he's just a sound fundamental player. He makes good plays all the time. So he, he's another guy that I like. 
And then also uh, Quentin Grimes out of Houston, a guy that Isaac is yeah. is very familiar with. <laughs> yeah, um, too it, familiar he, with. <laughs> you know, he, he would be up there for me as well. And, and that's uh, a lot depends on what happens. I, you know, there's definitely more than those three that I like at 40. Vrenz is another guy that, you know, he's gotten a lot of hype lately. Yeah. And I don't know that he's going to be on the board at 40, but he's another guy. But but top three for me would be um, AI, James Robinson Earl, and then Quentin Grimes. Yeah. Man, and Jeremiah what, Robinson Earl. My bad. Yeah. And uh, the, the, my three guys, and I think we've talked about all of them. I'm not 100% sure we've talked about my first guy. Um, and he probably wouldn't have been on my list. But it, it is funny because I, I went over to Tankathon and they had already updated it with the, the Grizzlies trade. They had him at 10. And they had the Grizzlies taking Josh Giddy, which Washington had just put out his tweet about that. And at 40, they had the Grizzlies taking Nemius Quaida uh, out of Utah State. And as, as soon as they made the trade, when I thought about, okay, when I heard that Washington said he was looking at Giddy, I was like, okay, Giddy at 10, who would you take at 40? The first And with the Blues and JV, the first name that came to my mind was Quaida. I go over to take it, though, and that's exactly what they had on there. So I thought that was... Kind of weird, but but Kata, man is is a guy that I really like, and I think I, I think he's getting under the soul a little bit. Uh, seven foot, two hundred forty eight pounds, uh, seven four wingspan, junior center out of uh, Utah State, originally from Portugal. Uh, all all Mountain West, all all defensive team for all three years. He was there, was overall defensive player of the year in both his sophomore and junior seasons. Just listen to these numbers, man: fourteen point nine points a game, ten point one rebounds, two point seven assists, one point one steals, three point three blocks. 70.7% from the free throw line. I mean, he could do a little bit of it all. Uh, and, and you like to see a big man, seven-footer, shooting 70% from the free throw line because that's not something that you always get uh, with big centers. Uh, big centers. But uh, measured as the tallest player to come by at 6'11 and one quarter uh, without shoes. Longest wingspan to come by at 7'4. Tallest vertical reach at 9'4 half. So the measurables off the charts with him, man, just a, a big dude. Uh, and you want a guy who can protect the rim. I mean, it's Cato. Uh 3.3 blocks per game on, on the season. Crashes the glass relentlessly on both ends. Uh, when you see 10.1 rebounds a game. And, and you say some guys play hard, and, and you watch them like, this guy plays hard. But some guys, that stands out as a skill. And mm-hmm. that's definitely what you see with Cato. I mean, this guy is just relentless. And, and due to that injury and that length, uh, he makes plays, does a really good job of making plays on the help side and gets in passing lanes. Uh, I mean, he's a good passer uh, when he gets double teamed. In the post, he does a good job of, of kicking it out to, to cutters to the basket. Uh, he also finds shooters on the perimeter. The, the reason why he's not up there with guys like uh, Kai Jones and Isaiah Jackson is the mobility. I mean, I think it, 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 inside the paint, I think he'll be, he'll be tremendous. I mean, I think he can be an elite rim protector inside the paint. But we Just kind of have similar, lateral yeah, quickness. what we see about JV pick and roll wise, I don't think he's going to offer much there. And I think that kind of limits his upside a little bit. And I think that's the only thing stopping them from being up in the first round because everything else, when you look at these numbers, there's some crazy numbers here. I mean, and again, it's such a good passer, high IQ player. And I think with losing with, with losing JV, I think he's a, a guy that's a fit uh, that can come in off the bench for you, a rim protector, and can, can do some things for you. So I like him there at 40. And that's probably not a guy that before they made this trade that I would have really, would have looked at there, but I mean, he he's a really good player, high IQ player, and I really like him. And I think, I, and I tweeted that and take it to like tweeted me back. It was like, I think some, some people are sleeping on Quaida, and I, I agree. Uh, the next guy we've talked about, um, I got Jake. something on him before we move oh, okay. on. Um, I actually, I, I did have some notes on him, so I don't know. I I agree with you. I don't think we covered him on the show before. Yeah, yeah I can't remember. I, I had, had him on my list. Down. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, we I don't know why I didn't do it, but to, yeah, yeah. Um, he, he, the, I had three things here. I really liked his passing. The assist at 2.7 a game is not real high, but as a big man, 2.7, yeah. that's pretty good. That's pretty he, good. like, back to the basket, low post scoring, fantastic. Good footwork down there. Um, he, and then, like, my one negative that I had on him is just uh, the inability to stretch the floor. So good yeah. free throw percentage, but he doesn't shoot the ball from outside. No. Uh, you know, again – at 40 is not the first round. And so, you know, you take a chance on a guy at 40 and he would, you know, he, he's a guy that I, I like as well. Um, again, not my top three, you know, who's at the top of my top three, but you know, <laughs> yeah, like it, it is, 
you know, he's a guy with them moving on from JV. If you're not confident in what you have on the roster at five right now, he's definitely someone that they could look at that could come in and play minutes at the five right off the bat. Definitely. Um, and my, my next guy uh, is a guy that we both like. We have discussed him on, on the show before. Um, it's JT Thor, uh, 6'9", 205-pound freshman out of Auburn, man. Extremely young, 18 years old. But you're 6'9", a 7'3", and one-quarter wingspan at 6'9". I mean, that's ridiculous. Uh, Insane right athleticism, I think, too. Yeah, I think he's. I think he was second in wingspan behind Cater that we just, that just, we just talked about. So, I mean, for a forward, that's at 6'9", that's pretty impressive. And like you said, man, prototypical new age NBA forward if he, if he reaches the potential. Uh, Three-point percentage was only 29.7%, but I think I think there's a major upside there. I mean, he has a high release on his shot uh, that makes it really hard to defend. Um, wingspan, again, 7'3", for a 6'9 guy off the charts there. Um, I mean, I, I think the ability to, to be switchable, uh, I, I think he can guard – He'll be able to guard, especially when he bulks up. And because, I mean, he has a frame where I think that he can put some weight on. When he bulks up, I mean, I think he'll be able to guard two, three, four, and five. He could guard right now because of that length outside and inside. And that length allows him to be able to, to, to guard bigger players than him right now. But once he gets puts on strength and gains weight, uh, he'll be able to do that even more. I mean, again, extremely young. I think he's a guy that you probably would have to sit down to South Haven. But of, of the guys in the second round, we talked about this before, I think he has just as much upside as anybody i mean you could look up three four years down the line and you're looking at this guy like this guy could have been a top 15 pick in his draft i think he has that type of upside 18 years old again man one of the youngest players in his draft wasn't even on boards at all and we, we mentioned him on the show and then like the next day like everybody had him on their boards after that i kind of made a joke that they, they listened to us here and kind of added them to the to the thing to their draft boards <laughs> yeah. he wasn't even wouldn't even showing up on boards and he popped up on take a i think like 40 or, or something like the next next day, so I thought that was kind of kind of ironic. But we both really like him, and he's a guy that I think, if you take an upside swing there, I think he would be, definitely be a good play. Now his last guy is probably not going to be there, even though some mocks have him in that range. I don't think he's going to be there, but it's Bones Island, uh, six three and a half, hundred sixty nine pound uh, guard out of sophomore guard out of VCU, six three, but a six and six nine wingspan, uh, just man, tremendous, just a score. I'm like, does anybody have a bucket? Because I mean, he he's a bucket, man. When he walks in the gym, that that's where his range starts, man. I mean, just a, a natural born scorer, 19.5 points a game, 4.7 rebounds, 2.1 assists, 1.9 steals, shot 37.1% from three on 7.8 attempts per game. So gets him up, man. 69 to 106 overall. Also the free throw shooting, 86.2% from the free throw line. Uh, I mean, he's only six three and a half, and you kind of kind of think he's a tweener, but I think being having a 6'9 wingspan, I think will allow him to play out the ball and guard shooting guards at the next next level. Um, so I think, and I think that's good because I think, I think it's just, he's a combo guard, but I think shooting guard is more of his natural position because he's such a such a scorer. Uh, but he has a great hezzy game, uh, really adapted getting getting past his defenders and getting to the basket. Uh, creative finisher has a great layup package. I mean, he's just a guy, just a gamer, man. If you need a bucket, we talk about Lou Williams and guys like that. This team is always kind of need that scoring punch off the bench. And, and Bones Holland is definitely a guy that could could give him that. Now, you talk about size on the wing. He doesn't re really bring you that at 6'3", but, again, 6'9", wingspan, I think, really helps him in, in that vein. I think that'll help him be able to guard bigger guys. And he's a guy that I think can put on a little bit of weight, 169 pounds. That's light. I think he could definitely – you could see him around 185, 190 before it's all said and done. But I think one of the best – best shooters in his draft. I don't think he'll be there. I think he's going to end up going in the first round. Josh Primo was another guy they got, I think, going 41, which I don't think he's going to be there either. He's another yeah. guy that I really like, kind of an upside play there. So, I mean, these guys you, are all you over see the place. both of those guys kind yeah. of, like I've seen them in the late first and then kind yeah, of falling yeah. back. You know, the, the one difference that I noticed in your picks there that, you know, we, we were talking about Quaida first, and then you went to uh, Thor from Auburn. You know, Quaida is like the uh, the floor guy that the Grizzlies yeah. look at. You know, his his ceiling isn't super high, but his floor is high. And and Thor and Bones are both guys that may or may not have impact right off the bat. I think Bones is more likely to have an impact right off, yeah, like just because straight shooting. out of the gate, yeah. just because he he's. You could argue that he's the best shooter in this draft, yeah, and, and you know, sure. like that. There's Eight other guys. 
Yeah. You know, like there's other guys that you could put up there with him, but it's easy to find enough evidence to say that he's the best shooter in this draft. And then, you know, like just store and, and his ability, like his size and the fluidity that he moves with. It's just not, there's not many guys out there that, that can do that. And so, you know, he, he's a guy that's probably going to be more of a, uh, a hustle project. You know, you send him down maybe for a year or two and then see, see what he develops into. But that's, I love it, man. I think, you know, you get further down in the draft, you start looking at 50 at some of the names that are available. Again, you know, it's not necessarily bashing these guys, but the, the level of talent, you know, yeah, we, we're talking level. about talking about Thor that could, you know, possibly play his way into a starting role. Be, you know, I think the sky is literally the limit with him because you don't know what's going to happen. You know, yeah, so young. Thor, Bones Highland is a guy that could definitely play into a starter's role. Um, you know, there, there's not a lot of that whenever you get that deep in the draft, you get into the fifties and, and, and it's definitely fewer and far between. So, um, the, the move from 17 to 10 is big, but I think that move from 51 to 40 is just as important. Definitely. Um, and, and you talk about Kata, I think Kata's a guy that can come in and do some things for you. They want, I don't think he's necessarily a guy that needs to go down to the G, G league. I think, defensively, definitely, I think he'll be able to have an impact in rebounding-wise. I definitely think he could do that day one. Like you said, JT Thor is a guy who sent down to South Haven, man. He'd be fun to fun to watch down there. I think it was Parker, I was talking with Parker Fleming about him the other day from GBB, and, and I was saying that you usually don't – guys that fit that profile, they usually – you don't usually think of those guys as guys that have shooting upside, and I think he really does. Like, I know the numbers. You look at it like, why are you saying that, 29.7%. I just I look at the release on the shot and, and the way that he gets it off. I think mm-hmm. he could be not just a capable three point shooter. I think he could be a guy that you could one day be able to trust to knock down three points. I, I really do think he has an upside. And you usually don't those type of guys are usually just these run and jump athletic guys at the rim, just dunking. You're not gonna think of them guys as those guys, type of guys as being shooters. I think on both ends, he has tremendous tremendous potential. And again, just so young at 18 years old, like you said, the sky's the limit with him and Man, that yeah. for upside play, I mean, you could hit a massive home run there at 40 if you, if you got him there and he ended up paying out three or four years down the line. Yeah, you're talking about, like, release points. His is going to be up there. It's going to be high, like, like Kevin Durant, and that's very, very hard yeah, to guard. Yeah, just can't defend it. Yeah, and that's, uh, again, I, I always, like, I hate that I have to put a disclaimer on everything. I'm not saying this kid is going to turn into Kevin Durant. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying shot and form-wise – Durant is super effective because he's so long, you cannot block his shot. It's almost impossible to block his shot. And Thor is right. He's a little bit shorter than Durant, but it, you know he has the long wingspan and his release is very high. And if it clicks for him, he's going to be dangerous, man. Yeah, there's no, no doubt about that. So, man, it, it's going to be exciting. Again, man, it, this trade that they made it today, even though I'm not the biggest fan of it short term, I'm excited about what's going to happen now? I mean, I think it just opens up so many opportunities. I mean, you just look at it. I mean, we were already thinking that they could possibly do some things maybe with Grayson or Kyle and make another move and try to move back into the to the first round after after drafting at 17. So, I mean, all of that's still on the table. Now you got the Bledsoe stuff, and he's a piece you could move. Uh, I mean, it, it's, again, man, it's like three days away. Man, we've been talking so much, man. I'm ready for some action. Got some action today, man. I'm just ready, ready to get a little bit more, man, for it to continue. And again, I, I think it's almost guaranteed that we get at least one more move on, on draft night. I just don't think they're think they're done. You just kind of look at this and you're thinking there there has to be a, a counter move coming behind this. And I think we're gonna gonna see several things happen with this team. And I think that the thoughts that they were just gonna gonna run it back that's definitely not not what we're getting. And, and I think they're gonna be aggressive, and we're gonna see a lot of moves here coming from this Grizzlies front office. So you may have said this earlier in the show, but I, I don't I don't remember you saying setting at 10. If the Grizzlies don't move from 10 and you're sitting there, you've got Giddy, Wagner, and Moody on the board. Who's your guy out of those three? Man, in that scenario, I would go Moody. Uh, as much as I love Josh Giddy, I just think the fit with Moody, uh, I just the prototypical that size, three and D potential. And you have there with Wagner as well, but I just think, Fit-wise with this team, the shooting ability, I just think he's the best fit out of those guys, and and I would go with Moody. But I mean, yeah, man, I'm you know I'm not gonna be mad at all 
if they they get giddy for giddy as that giddy for giddy because that's I, I love that guy man i just think he's super fun to, to be able to, to play the way he does at that size the way he sees the floor the basketball iq to some of the passes that he makes and every time i bring him up people are like i'm not sold the shooting numbers blah 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 and he talked about that the other day uh and, and you said i got lyle uh that actually lives in yeah. australia with the Hoopball grizz said the mm-hmm. same thing and, and giddy kind of said this in his media availability that he thinks people are overblowing the, the shooting stuff and and when you watch it if you watch some of his games late in the season i agree i mean he said that he just started off so bad like he was embarrassed he said of the way he was shooting the basketball and he, he just started off so bad that even after he continued to to get better throughout the season it still only got up to 29 percent. i think he's a better shooter than that he said that he's a better shooter than that and he but he also said that he was willing to put the work in i mean he's not a guy that i think is content he said he knows that if there's any aspect of his game that he needs to continue to work on is definitely shooting so i believe in his work ethic i believe you'll get better and i think I see some things there. I, I think you'll be fine. I think I, I don't know if you'll ever be a fantastic shooter, but I think you'll be a capable three-point shooter. Again, we, I've talked about this many times, but you just look at some European players. And I don't know why this is, but when you look at their shooting numbers in a, in a EuroLeague in, in international play, they're usually not good. I mean, I think uh, Luka Doncic's numbers were like 31% from three, and you know the way he can shoot the basketball. For some reason, I, I've noticed that a lot, that they don't shoot as well overseas. They come over here and they're, Start knocking down shots. Uh, Dibby Adija is another guy who shot better this season with the Wizards than he did overseas. I mean, I don't know why you why that happens, but it seems to happen a lot. So hopefully that's the same same kind of deal with Giddy. But I just think Giddy is is a guy who can fit in on on any kind of any team. I mean, people look at yeah. him as a point guard, but I don't think he's a point guard. Like I said, I think you can play him off the ball with Jaw in the game. I think you can play him next to to Jaw on the ball when when Jaw's out of the game. You can put him on the ball. He could play with with Tyus if he's on the game, on and off the ball. But it's just different things you can do for him. He's a jack of all trades. I think you can play point guard, shooting guard, small forward, maybe even some small ball four. He's just different things that he can do. And I think he's a guy that can can fit with anybody because I think he, with that size and his skill set, kind of similar to Cade. Now I'm not saying he's Cade Cunningham at all. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying kind of in that same vein, being a big playmaker, it allows you to be versatile and do a lot of. A lot of different things, so I, I'm not. I wouldn't be worried about the fit at all if they did take him there. At yeah, you you look at his numbers uh, last year in, in Australia, and he averaged seven and a half rebounds and seven and a half assists a game. Uh, you mentioned Lyle. Lyle has season tickets, uh, and he got to watch him live. He watched Giddy live, and Lyle told me he said Giddy was laughing like. He 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 was so bad to start. Yeah, he said he, he said like it was laughable. Yeah, and then as the season like picked up steam, he said he really caught rhythm, but he was buried so far in the beginning of the yeah. season that he couldn't bring that back up. And so you know, three and a half attempts a game at thirty percent is not ideal. But also, you look at his age and you're like, mm, you know, he's got plenty of time to grow into it. And I think that. uh I think that'd be fantastic. It would take a lot of pressure off of Ja to have another playmaker on the floor. Um, you know, Dylan Brooks has he he has shown growth, but um, just not he, he's not a guy that I think is ever going to be a true secondary playmaker. I love Dylan Brooks. I love everything that he brings to the table, but I think that you have to have a true secondary playmaker on this team, and Giddy would definitely be that. So. You know, we'll, we'll see. Still a lot of moving parts. You know, we not we may not even be talking about Giddy depending on what their, you know, what the trade looks like because, like, plenty of news saying that the Grizzlies are not done moving. There's talks of them trying to get into the top five. Who knows what happens? You know, I, I saw somebody um, somebody from Cleveland was talking about the, the Grizzlies talking to them about three. I don't know that there's any weight to that at all. I don't know that, that it's, it's a credible source. But I don't know that the Grizzlies are going to have what it takes to move up to three, and I'm fine if they don't. You know, if again, I, I think so. Number one trade team, Tar, like the teams that I would look at if I'm the Grizzlies, I'm looking at OKC at six if you're going to move up again, or the Warriors at seven. That that's the two teams I'm looking at because you have some win now pieces on good contracts that you can send to the Warriors to get stuff in return to move up to seven. And then you have assets, which Sam Presti likes in OKC, that you could use to move up to six. 
So still plenty of ways that they can go. And I cannot tell you how happy it makes me that they are not going to just run it back. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And again, those are the two teams. Like you said, Golden State's in win now mode. We kind of saw what what happened with Wiseman and some of Steve Kerr's comments about that. And I don't necessarily agree with him, but we we know how they're thinking about that. So I think they would definitely be taking calls on that, that seven pick and OKC is just collecting assets. I mean, they have so many draft picks right now that I I, I don't think moving off that pick would, would mean that much to them because they're just in asset collects mode and they're not even thinking about how things fit or, or what they're trying to do with their team right now. So those are the two, two teams. I would definitely be on the phone with them if I'm the Grizzlies, and I, I think they could possibly possibly get something done. You want to, if you're the Grizzlies, you would like to get to six because you think if Golden State doesn't move out of that seventh pick, I think it's guaranteed that it's going to be either Boke Knight, probably Boke Knight or Moody, probably there yeah. at seven. So if those are those are your guys you're looking at, you want to kind of get up and jump them. Uh, and, I, and I assume that that's probably Boke Knight. I, you, you look at the guys that are up there. I know we've heard Kaminga, but Boke Knight is the guy, man. I think if they're trying to get up, that makes the most sense for me for, for this team. And, and I'd love to have him, man. Talk to him in, in the media availability today. And one thing that I that stood out to me is the, the, the confidence in himself. You see it. When you watch him play, I've watched him play years, man. Gave the Tigers fits back when UConn was in AAC. Uh, So I've seen him right up close from press row. I know how talented he is. And to have that guy, I mean, I think he's a guy that could be a star. I mean, that's the way that he can can score the basketball. And and I see why he's moved up these boards. And, again, I just love the confidence that he has in himself in his game. And he hadn't even been playing basketball that long. He was a baseball player. Um, And he said said that – that he was a shortstop, and someone asked him, uh, why, did, why did he go with the basketball route instead of being a, a shortstop, uh, and how, how how good of a shortstop was he? He said that he was so good that if he picked up a baseball right now and, and worked out for a month, he believed he could play in the MLB right now. So that's the kind of kind of confidence that I, I'm talking about, man. He 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 feels himself bad, but, but he goes out there and backs it up. So I, I like it. I like a guy that can back up what they say. So I wouldn't mind him end up being in a Grizzlies uniform at all. Seems like a really... Really cool dude too, man. I like the like the swag and the, and the attitude that he has. But man, good stuff, man. I want to thank uh, Amy Stagmeyer for joining us um, again. You can follow her on Twitter at Hoop City Hellcat. Um, also follow her colleague at Sharon Brown. You can find her on Twitter at Sharon Shy Brown. Both of them do tremendous work. Like I said, I'm definitely an advocate for women's in sports, women in media. Uh, I mean, I, I hate some of the, the treatment that they get at times. I, I think they just deserve more respect and those are two young ladies in the city that do a f- tremendous job and we we definitely definitely appreciate their work and would definitely like to have any of them on um, at any time man so thank amy yeah. for jumping on with us tonight um and we'll be back wednesday uh with at draft deeper on twitter nathan grubel um he's gonna jump on with us and, and join us for some draft coverage on wednesday night man it'll be the eve of the draft man um, so maybe we'll get some more grizzly news before the end. Who knows what we're going to get, man? What you got anything else before we get out of here? No, man. I, I just, I want to give Sharon and, and Amy their flowers. They are two of the best in Memphis. Man, to do it. 100. And, and, you know, j- just so we're clear on that. I'm not saying two uh, of the best women that did. They're two of the best yes. in Memphis period. 100%. And, and is, you know, so definitely, you know, if you're listening to this, you're probably already following them. If you're not following them, I definitely recommend that you go over and do that. So this was a great episode, a lot to unpack here. And I think in the, in the coming days that we're going to have more to unpack. So we will see maybe that Wednesday episode, we'll have another trade to talk about. I'll be honest with you, man. If something goes down tomorrow, I may just jump on here and record another episode to talk about it. If they make another. Oh trade, yeah, man. I'm, I'm know, ready to go, maybe, man. I'm, I'm fired maybe up. A, maybe a, a short little 30 minute something just to talk about the trade. But uh, definitely, if something goes down between now and Wednesday, we're not afraid to jump back on here and do it again. So appreciate you guys listening. You can get me on Twitter at DWill2111. The show's at Hootball Grizz. Isaac, you started us off. Get us out of here, man. Yeah, man. You, you can find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore Rivals, I-S-A-A-C underscore Rivals. Just like David said, man, go over to at Hootball Grizz. Give us a follow. Really appreciate that. Again, we'll be back on Wednesday night as of right now. Again, if something goes down, man, we have an emergency podcast. We'll jump back on here tomorrow, man, and talk some more, man, because I, I don't get tired, man. This this time of year is my favorite time of year. All this going down, man, let's go. I'm ready to go. But uh, you can follow Nathan Grouper at Draft Deeper. 
Uh, great work over there. He's going to join us again on Wednesday night. But other than that, man, we'll keep keep your ear to the ground. Man, we might get some more news. And if not tomorrow, we'll talk to you on Wednesday night. We're gone. Yo, before we get out of here, I'm sorry. I do have one more thing, man. I said I was done. Isaac <laughs> and I, Hooball is going to have a draft night stream on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Jump on and watch us, man. That. They're going to start, um, I believe, Alan Sorochi and uh, – William Harris are going to lead off the show and they're going to have a number of different hoop ball personalities on the show to talk about their team, talk about the draft, to talk about prospects in general. And Isaac and I are coming on. We're covering picks 11 to 20, which kind of sucks now because the Grizzlies have <laughs> yeah. moved up. But Alan has promised me that we will cut out time in there so we can at least discuss that a little bit. And he said that we may make a, a slight adjustment if the Grizzlies do stay at 10. But either way, Isaac and I are comfortable in our draft coverage. We have read, wrote, recorded a ton <laughs> on, on essentially every prospect in this draft that's going to be drafted tomorrow night, or not tomorrow, Thursday night. So we, uh, we're we ready for it. If, if you want to uh, just keep an eye out whenever it gets closer and they put a link up, we're going to retweet that from the page, from the Hoopball Grizz page, and I will uh, I'll retweet it from my personal account as well. If you guys want to get on and listen to that, yeah, man, it's true. That's going to be a lot of fun, man. I can't can't wait for that. I'm excited. Just adds to to the experience. I mean, if you want to want to add to your draft night experience, man, jump on and jump on and, and join us, man. That, that's going to be a a lot of fun. But again, man, Wednesday night. If nothing jumps off tomorrow night, we'll be back Wednesday night. Uh, special guest Nathan Grupal is going to join us. So make sure you tune in for that. You can go over to at Hoopball Grizz and, and you can find all our podcasts archived. Like David said. Man, we've probably covered, I think, 99% of the guys that are gonna gonna be drafted in this draft. So if you want great guests and, and draft talk, man, we have probably 30 podcasts on there you can go back and listen to and get you ready for Thursday night, man. Because I want you to be inspired, just as fired up as we are. You probably already are, man. But I think going back and listening to those podcasts gets you even more fired up. But until Wednesday night, uh, for David, this has been Isaac Simpson. We're gone. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.